It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 9th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Friday. I hope everyone had a fantastic week getting ready to close things out as the Orlando Magic take on the Sacramento Kings up at Golden One Center. Um, still getting used to that name. Uh, so we'll preview that game on today's episode. Clear out some odds and ends, a roster move that was made, as well as some injuries that we do have to talk about and address. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, during the course of our preview. And then Thursday was International Women's Day. I am a day late. Sorry, ladies. Um, and the Magic, believe it or not, are kind of at the forefront of of women in the NBA right now. And so I want to uh, at least give a pause, give a few minutes uh, to recognize uh, uh, some of the some of the trailblazers within the Magic organization uh, that are helping women break into the into into basketball essentially, into the basketball industry, into this industry in in roles that they haven't been in before and roles that it seems like they are succeeding in. So definitely want to give them a shout out, give them some love and and share the links of course up on the Facebook page as well as on Twitter. But let's start today with what we always start with, the game at hand. The Orlando Magic taking on the Sacramento Kings following the disappointing loss to the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. Disappointing because it was a one-point loss. Disappointing because the NBA actually came back in the last two-minute report and said that that horrible, horrendous uh, 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 interpretation of the rule book was indeed a horrible, terrible interpretation of the rule book, and that the Magic should have had another opportunity with six tenths of a second left to inbound the ball instead of a jump ball, which was rewarded. Can't take that back. The Magic are not going to protest the game. There were, of course, plenty of other instance, instances during the game where the Magic could have and should have won it. They did not take advantage, and so they end up exactly where where they deserve to be, quite frankly. Uh, the, the no other place to put it. So one-point loss heading into Sacramento, but going to be a little bit of Wounded Warrior players. DJ Augustin, uh, it appears he sprained his ankle. He is questionable for the game on Friday. Evan Fournier sprained his MCL. He is out for Friday and out for the foreseeable future. I, I was trying to do a little research on how long that injury takes. It is dependent on how you respond to treatment, so he could be back fairly quickly. He could be back in a long time. Uh, but the general prognosis that I saw was two to six weeks. The Magic only have six weeks left in the season, considering there's not much to play for, considering there's no reason to throw Fournier out there and have the injury get worse or become something more serious. The Magic may, I, I, I can't say this officially, but the Magic may very well have seen Evan Fournier play his final game in an Orlando or play his final game of the season um, at the very least. Aaron Gordon also out Friday 
with a concussion. Uh, apparently, he began showing symptoms of a concussion following the game. This is his second concussion of the season. So he will go through the concussion protocol again. He is out Friday. I suspect he will be out again Tuesday. And I would suspect he'll be out when, out Wednesday as well. So I would, I, would, I would expect a couple of days and maybe a week. And again, same kind of deal. This is perfectly acceptable, fine, quote-unquote, tanking to me. You rest guys until they are 100% healthy. So the Magic are perfectly within their rights to do so. They've seen plenty from Aaron Gordon this year. Had a fantastic game against the Lakers. Um, again, it didn't seem like he was showing many symptoms. He uh, gave an interview to the to the to the to, to the media after the game. It seemed you know very focused, very frustrated with how that game ended. Um, no signs of a concussion, so it must have popped up later on. Like the concussions are tricky like that. Um, when Gordon suffered his first concussion a few years ago, um, same kind of deal. He he talked to the media after the game. Seemed perfectly fine. Um, and uh, and only later was it revealed that he had suffered a concussion. So, you know, concussions are very tricky like that. They don't always pop up uh, right after they happen. So um, it, it's going to look, it's looking like Aaron is going to be out for a little while. Evan is certainly going to be out for a little while, and DJ Augustin is questionable. So the Magic walking wounded a little bit heading into Sacramento and kind of like the game against the, uh, against the, the Lakers, this is a winnable game. I mean, this is a team that's really struggling uh, for the season. Second worst net rating in the league, so this is a very bad team. Um, when you look at when you look at things, say after the All Star break, now it's been a few games. Sacramento is playing a little bit better, minus six point one net rating in eight games after the All Star break. Just a slot a better slot worse than the Magic as far as net rating. A one hundred five offensive rating is actually better than what the Magic have played since the All Star break. One eleven point two defensive rating is not. Um, so it. it with so much uncertainty, and in the Kings lineup as well as the Magic lineup, it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen in this game. Um, it's hard to say exactly uh, what to expect, what to what to what to think about what's going to happen. Um, really, it's going to come down to which team wants it more. These are two bad teams. I, I I can't really say it any other way. These are two not good basketball teams, uh, and they are going to play not good basketball for some time during this this game. But at the same time, uh, you definitely want to see the team come out, play with some energy, like they have been really for the last month. Um, you know, you're going to see guys get opportunities that maybe weren't going to get opportunities before because of the injury. Uh, Frank Vogel's been itching to start Jonathan Isaac. Maybe this is the point where they, they let Jonathan Isaac's minutes loose a little bit and give him the opportunity to play on the first, first night of a back-to-back. Um, I forgot about the Clippers game on Saturday. Um, maybe this is the opportunity where, where the Magic let Isaac go a little bit. Um, Mario Zonia could very well get the start at shooting at small forward for Evan Fournier, and that could be an opportunity for him to really turn loose as well. Uh, Sacramento supposedly has an interest in him uh, in, in the offseason as a free agent. Uh, new signee Rodney Purvis, who I'll talk about in, in a moment. He'll, he could very well get a big opportunity with this team. Wessel Wundu could get a big opportunity uh, in this game. So this is definitely a big chance for several Magic players to get their get their feet wet, get going, get their get their chance to to, to get some minutes that they might not otherwise have gotten had uh, had you know things played out differently uh, or they had things played out di- played out differently uh, essentially. So um, Orlando. Definitely, definitely, definitely 
Um, should feel like they have a chance to win this game, even with the injuries. They've got good players. Nikola Vucevic is a good player. Jonathan Isaac, you know, not, not much of an offensive player yet. But Azonia can produce offensively. They're going to have problems with point guard, but this, this is going to be an ugly game. This is going to be a game between two of the worst teams in the league. It's going to play like that for good stri- for good points. What you want to see is you want to see effort. You want to see energy. You want to see some attention to detail. You want to see a team trying to be cohesive, trying to make do, trying to step up, next man up mentality. You want to see those things if you're the Magic, and, and that will eventually take you to the successful place that you want to go, and, and maybe it'll get you a win. Maybe it won't. I'm pretty sure Sacramento will be gunning for the win. They, 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 they're going for a sweep over Orlando, which, frankly, I don't care about the tank. Don't get swept by the Kings. Win this game. Uh, but, you know, Orlando's definitely, you know, this is definitely going to be some fishy stuff going on in this game, I think. Uh, so, you know, maybe not the best one to watch if you're looking for good basketball, um, but that's what it is. As things stand in the standings, since I know some people care, right now, Orlando and Sacramento are tied with the third worst record in the league at 20-45. and 45. Orlando's 2-8 and eight in their last 10, Sacramento 3-7 and seven in their last 10, uh, so... That is that at 20 and 45, uh, the teams would split. They're actually in a four-way tie at 20 and 45 with Atlanta and Dallas as well. That gets you about a 34% chance at a top three pick, 10.7 or 6% chance at the top overall pick. Memphis and Phoenix still holding down the top two spots in the lottery. Memphis has now lost 15 games in a row. Orlando two games back of those teams, so yeah, you you know you win, you're probably falling from third to sixth again. But again, I I think a win here or there ain't gonna kill you. Um, you know, as far as the lottery standings go, uh, again, I'm not so focused on them. But you know, I'll run one one tankathon for you, and you know, Magic fall to fifth. So big what what whatever. Um, it, it's it. It is what it is. This is a big tanking game. This is a big game at the bottom of the standings. So we'll see who comes out on top and who does not. Um, you know, I, as, as I've always said, I'm going to cover these games like the Magic are trying to win them because the Magic are trying to win them. And that's that's my approach and will remain my approach as we get going here. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And and a big reason that it will remain my approach, of course, is because of guys like the, one, like the guy that the Magic signed on Thursday. The Orlando Magic, at long last for many Magic fans, have added Rodney Purvis to the roster. Uh, Rodney Purvis, of course, trained with the Magic during uh, during uh, training camp. He was a training camp invitee that the Magic did not play during the preseason uh, with the intention of playing him in the G League for the Lakeland Magic. This is a guy that the Magic wanted on their G League roster, so they gave him a little extra money up front to get him, uh, to get him on that team. 
And he has performed so well. Purvis has probably been the best player for the Lakeland Magic. Averaging 20.5 points per game, shooting 42.2% from the floor and 38.9% from the arc. Little, there's a little bit of chucking going on in the G League. He's obviously been a high usage player, but it seems like he has a good good three-point shot. He's had some crazy games, shot 9 for 15 from beyond the arc in a 37-point effort against the Delaware 87ers back in December. He's had four total games totaling 30 points as a kid who can put up a lot of points. Seems to fit the NBA style better than the college style. Not a bad defender at all either. Um, just a little undersized at six foot four to play the two. Not not a good enough ball handler to play the one. So he's always been kind of a bit of a tweener, especially defense, especially defensively. But this is a kid that's been very solid. He's he's played really really well. Um, earned this opportunity. Absolutely earned this opportunity. Um, it has been a long time coming. It has been something that Magic fans have been clamoring for. When are the Magic going to call up Rodney Purvis? When are the Magic going to call up Rodney Purvis? I thought the Magic were going to do it after the All-Star break, but I can't blame the Magic for giving Rashad Vaughn a try or giving someone else a try before Purvis because Purvis was with Team USA. That's right. He was a big part of Team USA getting two wins over Puerto Rico and over Cuba in their FIBA World Cup qualifying. That's right. FIBA World Cup qualifying is going on. And so... Now, Purvis, I think he had like 12, 13 points per, points per game in both blowout victories. Um, really instrumental. Led the team in scoring, I think, during during that stretch. Really instrumental. So this guy can get buckets. This guy can put some points up uh, and and really, I think, thrives in the NBA style, in the, in the more professional style that, that you see, especially in the U.S., more than, than you do in college. Of course, this is a G League guy, so you know he knows some of the Magic sets because they run similar offense in Lakeland. Probably doesn't know all of them. Probably doesn't have coaches' trust. So is he going to start? Probably not. Is he going to get minutes on Friday? Yeah, I think he will get minutes. I think he'll he'll start playing pretty immediately. I think uh, the Magic need players right now. They're they're down a couple of key players. Um, you know, Mario Zoni is probably going to start at the four. On uh, Mario Zoni and Jonathan Isaac are, are your best bets to start. Uh, the game on Friday. So, you know, you step up Wessa Wundu. Who else are you stepping up there at the four? I mean, the Magic really don't have anyone, so you might see Spates play. You might see Birch play some. Uh, but Purvis could certainly get some minutes there on the wing as well, especially if the Magic have to platoon some guys with Shelvin Mack playing the point guard to start and DJ Augustin out of the lineup. It, it's definitely going to be a, a tricky proposition for Orlando. It's definitely going to be um, a... Uh, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see what Purvis can do at the NBA level. I'm really excited to see him play. I'm really excited to see him finally step on the court uh, in a Magic uniform, in an Orlando Magic uniform. He's been wearing a Magic uniform all year. Um, and this this guy is is really, really good. I've posted some highlights up on uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll share the link as well on the, on the Locked On Magic Facebook page. Um, it, it's been a long time coming, and, and you can't expect a ton out of 10-day guys. I mean, it, this 10-day contract will take him to the 19th, so he'll be with the team to the end of the road trip and the beginning of the homestand leading into that game against the Toronto Raptors on the 20th. I imagine he would get a second day, second 10-day. This is a guy that they're very familiar with um, unless they want to send him back down to Lakeland to make sure the Lakeland Magic make the playoffs, but I think it's clear the Magic like Rodney Purvis. I think it's clear that they want him to be part of the team. Uh, I think that he will get an opportunity if he plays well in this one to play with the summer league team and get that opportunity to get a training camp invite as well next year if the roster so allows. Um, definitely going to be good to see him play. Uh, like I said, I think he's a very, I think he's a very interesting player. Um, not flashy. I don't think he's going to challenge anyone to start anytime soon. But 
Um, definitely could be a good reserve player, a little bit undersized again, so that's that's the big concern with him. Uh, but we'll see what he can do. I think he will get his opportunity. And in a game like Friday's, that's the perfect chance because there's going to be a lot of mistakes made by both teams. It's a very low-pressure situation. Um, a team that wants it more is going to win it, I think, on Friday. And so if Purvis comes in hungry like most 10-day 10 10-day guys are, he will, uh, he will, um, you know, he he'll deliver. Uh, he'll he'll definitely uh, deliver a little bit. And so uh, excited to have Rodney Purvis up on the main roster. Uh, and so we'll see what he can do. And I'm sure we'll talk about him uh, in the very near future. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On to today's main event, the main topic that I want to discuss. Not a huge deal, not anything having to do with the the team on the court itself, but... Uh, it does have something to do with the team on the court itself. Um, as some of you probably saw on online and, and through social media, Thursday was International Women's Day. Uh, and it's it's a nice moment to recognize the the, the, the continuing fight for gender equality in, in this country and around the world and the amazing things that women do uh, in, in society that often goes overlooked, often goes underappreciated, certainly goes underpaid at times. Uh, and 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 the ceilings and the glass ceilings that women still have to break in a lot of industries. It, it is still, uh, as as we're seeing with the Me Too movement, um, as we're seeing with the uh, with the with the uh, stuff going on in Hollywood, um, as we're seeing, there is a lot of ingrained cultural things that that you know I'm I'm, I'm a male. I I definitely have to catch myself and be aware of 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 ways that we talk to each other that. And to put down women in some way and 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 put 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 that down and it's it's not gonna the the, the glass ceiling's not gonna break until someone breaks until someone puts a crack in it and smashes it and changes perceptions and it's gonna be slow and it is very slow especially in the sports world I mean we're seeing the lawsuit come, we're seeing the lawsuit right now uh, involving the the ESPN uh, the ESPN worker who claims that ESPN's a, a mis- had a, had a misogynistic work environment and she felt very you know, very afraid um, at that place, and 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 you hear stories, you know, especially of older men who maybe grew up in a different time, uh, not being able to adjust to women in the workplace and and women in power. I mean, I think societally we're still seeing the effects of that and seeing people reckon with decades and centuries of patriarchy, uh, sometimes putting women down. But let's not talk about the big picture issues. Let's just talk about what is going on with the Orlando Magic. And why this is something that that we need to talk about and need to recognize at least to some extent because it's a first, but recognize also that it is normal and that that the two women I want to talk about today are simply doing their jobs and, and as far as I've heard, doing a good job. They're trying to do something groundbreaking. They're trying to do something that has never been done before. And they're just doing their jobs. So just always keep that in mind. So you don't want to put them, I mean, you want to put them up on a pedestal for being the first. Someone's got to be the first. 
until it becomes normal, it's not normal. But these two women are definitely making things very normal. If you remember back, God, when was it? Uh, back a while early, uh, earlier this year, um, a couple mo- about two months ago, uh, Howard Beck of Bleacher Report posted a fantastic article on Becky Bonner, who is now uh, who is now on the who's now with the Magic. He's, she's the uh, uh, director of quality control is her is her official title. Um, player director of player development and quality control. And some of the things that he detailed about what Becky is doing for the Orlando Magic is, seems fairly simple. She's kind of in charge. She's been part of her job is to be in charge of the Magic's player lounge and, and, and how they interact with each other. And something that she's very good at. I mean, and this is Matt Bonner's sister, of course. So, yeah, she had a little bit of an in into the NBA world, but she's mainly made her way herself. She got that in. Everyone needs an in. And she has done a lot with it. To the point where a lot of people do view her as a potential future GM. Perhaps the first female GM in the NBA. She's got a long way to go to get there. So let's let's start with what she does now. Right now, part of her job is to kind of make sure the players have what they need. And that they're interacting with each other in a positive environment. Noticing the Amway Center, the Magic are investing more in player in player development and their basketball operations than they ever have before. And it's it's little things that you notice that's that show that. It's new whiteboards with the Magic logo that, that just look better in the Amway Center. It's it's garbage cans with the Magic's logo on them. Don't don't make that joke. It's you know I've peeked into the players' lounge before. It's having circular tables. Or, or having more engaging tables for players to sit around and eat at in the locker room rather than maybe elongated tables where people are kind of separated from each other or, you know, high tops, which I, which I think they had in there. It's creating an environment where players want to be together and, and work with each other. It's little things like that. Again, little things like that do change culture, do help grow the team the way that they want. At the time that Howard Beck spoke to Becky Bonner, perhaps somewhat, I don't think it was sexist, but perhaps somewhat stereotypically, a lot of what Becky Bonner was doing was interior design, something that she is not, that even she admitted she is not qualified for. But I'm sure as the season has gone on, her role has changed and begun to morph back into the player development side, back into the becoming a future GM. She's go I'm sure she had input at the trade deadline. I'm sure she had input at as the team prepares for the draft. I'm sure she will have input as free agency comes around. Jeff Weltman told Howard Beck two months ago in that article we hired Becky that that essentially he hired Becky Bonner to give her a taste of every part of basketball operations to prepare her for one day becoming a GM. And, you know, we won't know, we won't ever know exactly what hands she had in it. But clearly they think highly enough of her to give her that responsibility, to give her that kind of apprenticeship and that, you know, in the dirt, you know, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, 
um, work. Becky Bonner has done a lot to begin improving the magic, really, behind the scenes. I, 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 I think she did, she and, you know, to her extent, to some extent, Jeff Waltman, of course, is the boss, deserve credit for that. But, of course, there's still plenty more to do. There's still plenty more to get to and still plenty more that the magic have to grow into and, and become as an organization. Becky Bonner is one of a very few, probably a handful of female basketball executives or females in women in basketball operations. And yes, these are groundbreakers. And I, I highly suggest you go back, you Google it. You know, Becky Bonner, Howard Beck, Howard Beck wrote it for Bleacher Report. So Becky Bonner, Bleacher Report should, should find it for you. Um, I highly suggest you go in and read this article about the women that are trying to break into the NBA, including Becky Bonner, who's probably the furthest along of all of them. Any player development program that the Magic have built, Becky Bonner has had her hands in this year. So when you look at what Mario Zoni has done, got to give some credit to Becky Bonner. Because she's create, she's begun to create an environment where players can really grow. And that was a big, that's a big task to hand off to someone. Of course, Becky is not the only woman within the Magic organization breaking glass ceilings, making, making, wa- making waves, and doing something that, no, that very few women have done before. Over in Lakeland, the Magic hired Shelly Wilkes as the team's president, the person pretty much in charge of the whole Lakeland Magic experience. Wilkes started with the Magic as a ticket representative. She moved to Game Ops. She's been in, been in the Magic business side for a very, very long time. And so last April, when the Magic announced the Lakeland Magic, Shelly Wilkes was on the dais introduced as the team's president. And that, too, has been a transition for her because now she's running an entire organization. But clearly, the Magic showed a lot of faith in her. This isn't someone that they said, we just need to pick, we, we want to make a splash like this because hardly anyone knows that, knows what's going on with her. But it's someone they trust and it's, a, it's an executive they want to groom. The G League is as much a proving ground for players as it is for coaches, as it is for executives, as it is for referees, as it is for people like Shelly Wilkes, trying to make it in the league, trying to prove what they what they can do. By all accounts, the Lakeland Magic season has been a success. I haven't broken down the numbers, and I don't really have a gauge for what you know maybe is success, but uh, everything I've heard, the Lakeland Magic have done very, very well in that market. And, of course, the Encore product has been solid. Team's about 500. And the games look like a lot of fun. And good leadership gets you there, for sure. Good leadership gets you to that finish line. And so the Magic are giving these opportunities to people who deserve them. It's it's not about the it's not about gender. They're not looking to make you know a hire and say we we just want a woman. No, that's that's not what's going on here. 
What's going on here is the Magic have found people who are good at what they do. It just so happens that they're also groundbreaking for another reason. Maybe that's a bonus. Maybe it, it probably doesn't add anything to their work, to their jobs. They're just good at what they do, like anyone else would be. But it's important to recognize them for what they represent. Because the next time a woman wants to be a director of player development, the next time a woman is up to be president, it'll be just a little bit more normal that next time. And that's what I'm fighting for. That's what I hope happens in my lifetime, that this stuff becomes normal and we don't have to even think about this stuff. Unfortunately, today we do. And so for International Women's Day, even a day late, I think it's important to recognize those two women for their contributions to the magic and hopefully continued success for, for, the organ, for their organizations. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Tip off for the Orlando Magic's game against the Sacramento Kings is at 10 o'clock on Friday from the Golden 1 Center. And then Saturday, the Magic will take on the LA Clippers. Tip-off for that game is at 10.30 at the Staples Center. Back at the Staples Center just a few days later. We will be back Sunday at noon with another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Hopefully, I'll be taking your mailbag questions and answering your questions. Uh, Don't really have a plan for that show quite yet, so I'll think of something over the weekend. Uh, But be sure to join us noon on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. Interact with me live, hear what I have to say, hear hear what we got going on, uh, and we'll move on from there, uh, talking about the the, the past week for the Orlando Magic and what is coming up in the future. That'll be Sunday at noon again, facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. We'll be back, that'll be Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, so we'll be back again in the podcast feed with that episode Tuesday. We're planning, I'm planning an NCAA tournament preview. We'll talk a little bit about the draft and the prospects to watch in the NCAA tournament as it gets start, started next Thursday, so be sure to fill out your brackets as well. Um, that'll do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 